grace, mercy, and peace be on you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us this evening is Mark chapter 15, verse 34, where we read, And at the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, there are times in life when a substitute is a good thing, a very good thing. One woman found this out exactly one week ago, last Friday, in a small village called Trebes in France. It seems that nearby, an armed Islamic terrorist had pulled off a carjacking shooting one of the people in the car dead and badly wounding another. The terrorist got into the car and stopped it right in front of a grocery store and ran in announcing that he was an ISIS soldier and holding everyone at gunpoint. The police over time were able to free a few of the people safely but as time and negotiations went on, it was clear that there was one woman who was especially at close range, a woman that he was never going to release. He was going to hold on to her as his last hostage. As more negotiations continued, a French law enforcement officer named Lieutenant Colonel Arnaud Beltram offered to exchange himself for that woman. He would be her substitute. He would willingly, voluntarily become a hostage if she could walk away free. And the terrorist agreed. He voluntarily put himself in danger, voluntarily put himself in harm's way, voluntarily became her substitute, and she walked out of that grocery store alive and free. What incredible bravery and courage. Tonight, we gather here to consider another person who voluntarily put himself in the place of a substitute for all of us. Ironically, also on a Friday, nearly 2,000 years ago. It wasn't that we were being held hostage by an Islamic terrorist. No, it was sin that was holding all of us hostage. Conceived and born in sin, there was nothing we could do to change it. We couldn't prevent it before the fact. We couldn't change it after the fact. There are some things in life that we simply cannot fix and cannot change on our own. And sin is one of those things. And God doesn't mince any words when he talks about our sinful condition. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 writes that we are by nature children of wrath. Meaning that by our very nature, by our very essence, we stand under the wrath of God. We had nothing to look forward to other than the wrath of God being unleashed upon us 
at the moment that our life on this earth ended. And as if that were not enough, later on in that same chapter, Paul writes that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Now, when Paul uses that expression, dead, right here, he's not so much talking about physical death, although physical death also resulted from sin. But since he's addressing people who are alive physically, he's talking about spiritual death. We were spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. And that spiritual death leads to being banished by God, being forsaken by God, being altogether thrown out of the presence of God, his compassion, his love, and his mercy for an eternity. And where would we spend that eternity away from the love and the compassion and the mercy of God? We like to use a rather sanitized word, hell, to describe that place. But the Bible has more vivid language to describe and refer to that place. Jesus referred to it as a place of outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. In another place, Jesus referred to it as a blazing fire, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. In 12 instances, the Bible uses the word Gehenna to refer to that place. Gehenna translated means the Valley of Hinnon. And there was a Valley of Hinnon right near Jerusalem. It served as the garbage dump for the entire area. And there was always a fire burning there in the Valley of Gehenna in order to consume the trash. And what the fire didn't consume, the maggots did. Children of wrath by our nature, dead in our trespasses and sins, nothing to look forward to but an eternity outside of the presence of God in a place of eternal suffering. Not a very pretty picture, was it? But God loved us too much to let the story end there. He loved us so much that he delivered up his own son to change what we could not change, to fix what we could not fix, to be our substitute, to be our stand-in, if you will. And to be our substitute, he took on flesh and bones and came here and lived amongst us. And not only did he live, but he lived the perfect, God-pleasing life in all aspects of his life. Scripture testifies to the fact that he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Conceived and born without sin, he was not a child of wrath. He in no way deserved the penalty for sin, death. But he voluntarily and willingly substituted himself for us there on the cross. Enduring the punishment, enduring the death that should be ours because of our sin, doing it in our place. And it was always his plan. He said earlier, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
and in another place, in John chapter 10. He referred to himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Not only was it his plan all along, it was the Father's plan all along as well. As we heard read earlier in Isaiah chapter 53, God speaking through the prophet of Isaiah 700 years before Christ walked on this earth and saying of his suffering servant, his son Jesus Christ, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity. Upon him is the chastisement that makes us whole, and by his stripes we are healed. There on the cross, our substitute suffered hell in our place. As God the Father abandoned him there, forsook him there, until Christ would cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sadly, we know the answer to that question. It was for our sin. He was there as our substitute, suffering our, in place of us because of our sin. He was our substitute, enduring hell right then and there on the cross for us. And the result is that we are no longer children of wrath. We are no longer dead in our trespasses and sins. In fact, the psalmist says that God has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And what's more, we are now clothed in his righteousness. It has been gifted to us, it has been substituted, if you will, for our unrighteousness. His innocence substituted for our guilt. Now, some of you may know by now that terrorist incident in Trevis, France did not turn out very well at all. Once Officer Beltram got inside as a hostage, he began negotiating with the terrorist, and he left his cell phone on live so that the police outside could hear the conversations and could hear what was going on inside. At some point, and for whatever reason, that terrorist ended up shooting Officer Beltram. And upon hearing the gunfire from outside, the police stormed that grocery store, shooting and killing the terrorist. And unfortunately, one day later, Officer Beltram died of his gunshot wounds. Now put yourself in the place of that woman. What more could she do? What else could she do? but live every day that remains in her life, forever grateful for Officer Beltran. Not only that he was there, but he was willing to be her substitute, to step in on her behalf, if need be to die, so that she could live. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So with us. How can we do anything else but live the rest of our days here on this earth and even on into eternity with grateful hearts? Grateful for a God who loves us with such a deep and abiding love. A love that Paul talked about in Romans 5 verse 8 when he wrote, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Abiding gratitude for a Savior who would willingly step in and be our substitute. A Savior who himself said, Greater love hath no man than he lay down his life for his friends. We know that the cross and the tomb is not the end of the story when it comes to Jesus Christ, but we will save that for Sunday morning. For now, it is enough to know that there are times in life when a substitute is a good thing, a very good thing. Jesus Christ, our substitute. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.